Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, Marriage After God family. Thanks for downloading today's episode. I just wanted to start off by thanking God for all of you who are choosing to say yes to God and to chase boldly after his purpose for your life together. Thank you for joining in on this journey with us. Remember, all of this is for his glory and his praise. Before we dive into today's fun interview, I wanted to let you know about our free ebook we are offering right now. Jennifer and I love our date nights, especially when they're filled with meaningful conversations that not only draw us closer together, but also closer to God. That is why we created a 52 date night conversation starter ebook and made it completely free for you to download. We wanted to make the next year of weekly dates easier and more meaningful for you. So all you have to do is simply visit datenightconversations.com and you'll be able to download the ebook completely free. That's datenightconversations.com to download the ebook today. Oh, and one more thing. Would you please leave us a star rating review today? Simply scroll to the bottom of the podcast app and tap on a star rating. And just like that, you made our day. Thank you so much for your review. Not only does it bless us, it also helps spread the word about the podcast so others can be inspired and encouraged in their marriages, just like you have been. When Jennifer and I first started out sharing what God was doing in our life and marriage online, there were a handful of people that we followed to see how they did things. These were people we looked up to, uh, mainly because of the impact they were having um, and because of how well they were doing their ministry. Well, today we're humbled to share with you one such couple who we have been following since the very beginning. Their names are Dave and Ashley Willis, and they're the hosts of the Naked Marriage Podcast. Please do not forget to subscribe to their channel today. You can find them by searching Naked Marriage uh, anywhere you download your podcast, or you can check them out at their website, nakedmarriagepodcast.com. But in this interview, we share what, it's, what it looks like to see your marriage as a ministry. I share my own personal and uh, heavy testimony of God changing my heart toward my wife right in the moment when it was most needed, during the time when I was ready to give up on her. And also, we share how our ministry and our marriage affects our children. So I hope you look forward to this interview. Enjoy. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God.
episodes are what I call crossover episodes. When we're watching Law and Order and Law and Order SVU characters interact with regular, like original (laughs) Law and Order characters. And my mind is blown because I'm watching like two of my favorite shows at once. And today it's like a crossover podcast. And I'm so excited (laughs) because it's the Naked Marriage meets... Marriage After God with Aaron yes. and Jennifer Smith. You've heard the intro. Uh, gosh, we love these guys. And we're, we're connecting today in this podcast format for the first time. And so Aaron and Jennifer, we're so excited to have you here. Welcome. Oh, man, we are so honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And that was a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> now, every time you watch a, a crossover like, episode on TV, you're going to be like, it's us and the Willises happening right now. So so honored to have you guys. And we're, we're going to dive in today and start a really important conversation about something you guys are doing with your life and also that you've talked about extensively in your new book, Marriage After God, which is an amazing resource. We've really been enjoying reading yes. it. And that is how to use your marriage as a ministry. Yes. Like what, what yeah. exactly does that mean? You know, because you talk a lot about that in your book. What exactly does that mean? So, we, you know, our heart with this was uh, we, the the road that God has taken us on from you know day one to today, you know twelve years into our marriage, has been one of of surrender, one of uh, recognizing what He wants for us and from us, and rather than what we want. And uh, the more we've pursued that, the more we've dug into the Word of God, the more we've sought after God together. You know, our, our subtitle, chasing boldly after God's uh, will for our life together, is is seeing our marriage for what it is, seeing our marriage as what it actually is, which is a ministry, mm-hmm. that it's not just a thing. It's not like, oh, we're, we're married and then we have our ministries over here and ministry is something far off in the distance and one day I'll be there or I'm not called to ministry like some people are, mm-hmm. but recognizing that, no, God has a ministry for all of us. And so seeing our marriage as a ministry and recognizing the truth of that has changed the way we look at everything in our life. And not uh, just look at, but experience, like the way that we Mm -hmm. interact and engage with one another, um, you know, just in front of our kids or out into the world with our neighbors or people at the store. Like we, we found that it's so, it's critical to our, um, Christian faith and the the purpose of why we're together, uh, to see our marriage as a ministry. I love that. You know, I think that's so important, but I think where people kind of get tripped up is when they're going through struggles and, you know, I, I, the, the bottom line is every marriage, you know, goes through struggles. I know we've had our struggles and I'm sure you guys have had your struggles. So what are some things that you've had to overcome kind of along your journey and in, in your years of marriage that really have gotten you to this point of knowing that your marriage is a ministry and really teaching others that their marriage is a ministry? One of the first things that stands out to me is uh, the way that we communicate with one another. And communication is so important. And it's one of those things that can can be really frustrating for people, um, in, especially in marriage. But um, we've had, it's a learning process. So we have been called out in our marriage by other people before <laughs> for our bickering. And that's an overflow of not communicating through struggles well. Right. So we've had to learn how to present our hearts to one another, how to expose them, how to share them mm-hmm. in a way that's still respectful and and communicate through those struggles so that it doesn't overflow into a, a bickering session, especially in front of someone else. Um, so we've been we've been really embarrassed before by the way that we communicate wrongly uh, in and the, front of and people. And the terrible witness that we are because of it. Yeah. You know, we don't even, there was a time that we didn't even notice that. Like we, we bickered so much 
we just thought it was normal yeah. the way we talked to each other sure. until yeah. finally a friend of mine had the 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 um the, enough love for me to say he, I mean he didn't say it actually he like looked at me and was like you're being such a jerk to your wife right now and I'm like what like it totally, <laughs> That's a totally good caught me off guard yeah yeah it's hard he, to hear he a hard me enough. <laughs> but it, he was right and I was like I didn't even I didn't even know I was bickering. <laughs> right. I didn't even so. recognize it. It was it was it was playing out in both of our hearts at that time and um and I so I just think of something as simple as that where it's like we're we're not communicating correctly, mm-hmm. appropriately, respectfully to one another. And so when we say marriage is a ministry, we're saying you know how we interact and engage with each other represents a message that we believe to others. And yes. what message are we sharing? What what are we reflecting? Yeah. Are we reflecting the love of God in our lives mm-hmm. and his power and uh, how he's transformed us? Or are we, you know, sharing some other message that has no power? Yeah. And the, and we've, I mean, in the early on in our marriage, we struggled with sexual intimacy mm-hmm. and, and the, our brokenness in that. And then we, that led to like bitterness toward God and towards each other. Mm-hmm. And on the outside, we're still pursuing God. We're still trying to do ministry, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And but internally getting more and more angry. And then we had financial issues trying to get out of debt and all of the normal things that all of the blogs and all of the podcasts talk about breakup marriages, mm-hmm. we dealt, dealt with because you're going to dealt with, yeah. deal with it. You're, you're two uh, individual humans coming together, trying to learn to be one, trying to walk this life out. And then on top of that, trying to be godly and trying to follow his, his purpose for your life. Um, and when we come to those struggles, as you you mentioned, when we come to those trials, there's a couple ways we can deal with them. We can we can cope with them, meaning we self medicate by chasing hobbies or uh, chasing things that make us happy or more, um, more destructive yeah. things, more distracted mm-hmm. di- distracted things, or we confront them um, biblically and we humble ourselves and we say, okay, in this mo- moment, I can't do this. You know what I'm supposed to do? Get on my knees and say, God, I can't do this. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Right? And then find find counsel. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us that we wage war by many counselors in Proverbs instead of just trying to do it on our own. That's what we do is we try and do it on our own. But this idea of of recognizing, and this is what God did with us, and he, he kind of, he brought me to my knees, you know, when we came to the end of ourselves and right before you know, calling it quits in our marriage. And God was like, you're, you're doing this on, in your strength and I, I want you to do it on mine. And you're doing this your way and I want you to do it my way. Mm-hmm. And so I finally, like, he got a hold of me, brought me to my knees and said, are you ready to do it my way? And I was like, yes, because I, I, my way is not working. Right. All the things that I'm trying to do, which were all very selfish things, change my wife, have her fulfill my needs and my desires, yeah. get what I want out of the marriage <laughs> rather than, be who God's called me to be. Yeah, God's always way more uh, sacrificial and selfless. Yeah, and right? so having that 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 idea of like, okay, God's got a, there's a symbol, there's a representation, there's a light that we are supposed to be. And that kind of, not kind of, that actually changes the way we think about everything. In that mm-hmm. moment, my perspective about my entire marriage changed in the way I saw my wife. It didn't mean all of the trials just disappeared. It doesn't mean, it just changed how I dealt with them. It changed how I saw them. Uh, I mean, the Bible is very clear that trials will come. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. say right. if they come. It says they will come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we're to pers- persevere in the trials, but with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like you said, like looking at my wife and uh, realizing like, oh, if I'm, if I'm going to be this way and selfish, and then I'm, I'm actually not being the symbol I should be. I'm not being the symbol of Christ I should be in the world. 
in loving my wife as Christ loves the church, giving myself up for her, washing her by the water with the word. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm supposed to be. And that's the, that's the message I get to proclaim, whether my wife does it ever or not. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good. Yeah, that is so, so good. good. And I, I love your all's transparency. You mm-hmm. know, just it, the, w- what you've done through, you know, Unveiled Wife to create a, a place for wives to share struggles, what you've done through Husband Revolutions for husbands to do the same. And, and how in the book, Marriage After God, you guys open up about the struggles, like you just talked about, struggling with sexual intimacy early on and others. It gives people the courage to have those conversations mm-hmm. in their own marriage and, mm-hmm. and to find the, the accountability and the counselors and the hope and the mentorship that you guys talk about. So kind of turning the page a little bit with this theme on keeping marriage a ministry. You guys have four kids. You know, we've got four kids. <laughs> a lot of the folks listening um, don't have kids or don't have kids yet, but but many of our listeners do have families and they want they want that first ministry in their marriage to be toward their children, like mm-hmm. modeling, modeling Christ for their mm-hmm. kids. Uh, and if we do have kids, I mean, that is a, a sacred aspect of, of what our, our marriage ministry does need to look like. So in your family, in your home, you know, what does that look like? How does, uh, how does your marriage strategically become a ministry for shaping that next generation that's growing up in your house? And how do you guys keep your marriage a priority with the struggles of having young kids? Because we're, you know, we're there too. And so I'm asking you half just out of curiosity so we can steal some ideas. Um, so Always trying to learn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the first thing I'll say is that one thing that I've learned, our kids are still pretty young, but they watch everything. Even if you think they're not paying attention, yes. they are watching, they are soaking in and everything. And they remember everything. They remember everything. And then they copy everything. They do everything that you <laughs> do. so right. Um, I know. Yeah, they're sitting back in the car t- and they're talking to each other. And I'm like, why did he just say that to her? And then I, and. Jennifer looks at me. She's like, "That's what you say." I'm like, "Oh no, no!" Yesterday, no, I've is, had those moments. Like, with yeah, go ahead. Sweetie. Like, I took our four year old to the to the bathroom, and and he uh, he 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 peed, and then he was watching me, and then I leaned over. This may be too graphic, but I, I spit in the <laughs> I spit in the toilet. But before I flushed it, and then he ran back to the toilet to spit in it. To spit before he, <laughs> That's exactly like, 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 like this is yeah. what I've got to do. This is what men do we spit oh, in the toilet and so i'm th- I, it was just one of those reminders that oh my goodness every little thing yes we do they're watching even the saying, things we don't think about even things we don't think yep. about good or bad yeah yeah so they're little imitators and they don't even have to be told to imitate you know and so here we are with this uh, beautiful gift of a marriage and a responsibility to to be teaching our kids and to be raising them uh to know god's ways and that that is why the having the perspective of your marriage being a ministry, even mm-hmm. to your children is so critical. It's so vital. Yeah. yeah. And we, I, I feel like there's, there's been a, you know, globally in the global church in, in Christianity, there's been this idea that there's someone smarter than me and more godly. That's going to raise my, like teach my kids about God. Yes. Yeah. And there's nothing more dangerous than that. There's, you don't see that in scripture. Yes. The kids went to the rabbis. Yes. The kids, but you're the, the men in the home, the, the husbands and the wives, the fathers and the mothers, they were the main source mm. of raising their children. So me recognizing that I, I can't pawn off my responsibility of discipleship to anyone else. Yes. There will be other Christian influences, hopefully in my children's life, that would be wise of me to do and, and put them around other Christian um, mature men that I want them to imitate. But I need to be that. Mm-hmm. I can't just say, well, no, I don't have to be that because there's this other guy over here doing it. And I can sit here and be lazy and, and watch TV while my kids are, you know, whatever. Um, not that TV's bad necessarily, but uh, my responsibility is to exemplify to them, not just in word, but in deed. 
that I show them that I believe what the word says when I do it. Mm-hmm. So when I don't do what it says, I actually can humble myself and go to them and be like, hey, I actually, I sinned against you and I need to apologize. So then they're actually learning what repentance looks like yeah. from their father. Not mm-hmm. like dad doesn't ever do anything wrong and I do everything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you share practically what that looks like for us daily? Yeah, for, so for right. us is uh, we just in our relationship to each other because our kids see that. You know, the the when I'm loving my wife as Christ loves the church, when she's submitting to me and respecting me, our kids get a picture of not only the gospel, because that's what Paul says the mystery of marriage is, is Christ and the church. That's what the, they're, they're seeing a picture of a redeemer and a bride. They're seeing the picture of unity and oneness. Um, and then when and we make mistakes, I was going to say, they yeah. get to see reconciliation through forgiveness and so, apology. So they see us working things out. They don't just see weeks of us not talking to each other. Right. They don't oh, yeah. like, yeah, they might see us fight at a time. Mm-hmm. And then we come together and we say, hey, we're sorry we fought. We shouldn't have fought in front of you, first of all. And you know what? I love mommy. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have done that to mommy. I was rude how I spoke to him. So they're actually seeing us show confront our, our sin. Confront our own sin. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, to them, you know, instead when we when we discipline and when we walk with them through things, constantly trying to bring them back to the word of God. It's not just what dad said. It's what God says. Because one day they're going to be outside of my home and they're gonna be like, well, dad's not here to tell me this, so it doesn't matter anymore. Or where do I find what dad was talking about? Yeah, or like what dad says isn't relevant anymore because dad's not here. I'm Now I'm my own person. So we always try and point him back to like the ultimate authority that I even get my, we're all, all authorities derived from God. It's not just inherent in me. I have this authority that I get to wield. I have it from God. So when I'm saying, hey, you dishonored mommy, you know what God says about that? He says to honor your mom and your, your dad. And you weren't honoring. And so it's not dad saying, you need to honor your mom. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this sounds like I'm doing it perfectly. but We're not perfect. We're not perfect. This is just <laughs> recognizing that our first ministry is to each other, our second ministry is to our kids. Mm-hmm. My ministry to them is to disciple them, mm-hmm. not to just turn them into productive adults. Right. <laughs> we're to turn them into, uh, the, the set was the second commandment, be fruitful and multiply. Not just multiply and have a bunch of kids that don't love God and are crazy in the world, but to be fruitful. So have God, um, as it says in Malachi, have godly offspring. And so my my job with my kids is to raise them to know what the word of God says, to know what God's heart is for them, to know that even their strengths and their purpose is from him. And so like my, just a good, good example, our daughter is super strong-willed and that's a good thing. Now it's difficult because she, she's going to always confront us and fight us on things, but I remind her, I'm like, Olive, you are so you have such a strong will, and that's so good. But if you don't learn to control it, it's gonna be dangerous when you get older. And so yeah. she may not fully understand that now, but repeating these truths to our kids over and over and over again isn't gonna stifle their power and the 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 gifts that God's given them. It's actually gonna allow them to wield them for him. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing that um I, I was hoping you'd touch on a little bit, but that's okay, um, is family Bible time. Oh, and yeah. you're so good at this. So why don't you share? Well, thank you. No, why don't do- you share it? Because you like you uh, get to watch me do it. Okay. <laughs> well, um it's it's a really um important but also fun part of our day. And that's just um something that we have decided to commit to to help in um, you know, sharing the word of God with our children. And so every morning um, after breakfast, we sit down for, you know, some days it's only like 10 minutes. Some days it's like 25, depending on how many questions the kids have. But uh, we just sit down and we read scripture and we talk about it and then we pray together. And the kids are looking forward to this now. The kids are responding and expecting it. And 
So I, I wanted to share that because I think for people listening, they go, you know, that that sounds right and that sounds good, but how do I do this? Right. So yeah. um, family Bible time is a really easy, practical way to um, encourage biblical growth within the family. It's yeah. a family experience. So we awesome. really enjoyed that. Yeah, and there's a, just practically, because people are gonna be like, that'd be awesome. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it started with, I would read a verse mm-hmm. and I would just talk about it and say, well, what words did you hear? And so... Th- it, I, you don't have to, if you're going to start doing this, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to do right. Bible time with your kids. Really, it's just, there, there's a few things that happen. There's there's training that happens. So you train them to sit still and listen and you train them to to learn from mom and dad. Those are huge things. Uh, you train them to um, not be afraid of the Bible because mm-hmm. I'm sure you, if you grow up and you and your parents never open the Bible to you and you hear, only hear it from a pastor, you all of a sudden you're like, what do I do with this thing? Right. And I, how do I open it up? Where do I start? So just doing it regularly shows them that the Bible's not a scary thing. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to understand. You can open it up and read. And and because we, we go from Old Testament to New Testament back and forth, mm-hmm. and I, I ask them where things are at. And and you get better at teaching it because you're like, hey, what book are we in? And that we, they just learned yesterday and they forget. And you're like, we're in John. And yeah. John was a disciple. And, and, you, and so you just say simple things that seem sim- simple enough, but they, they, they're learning them. Um, and so, and then you actually grow as a Christian because... Yeah. <laughs> You learn stuff and then you start pulling out. You're like, hey, we just learned something. Hey, remember Elliot yesterday when you said that to your sister? Do you feel like that that lines up with what we just read? And they're like, no, not at all. <laughs> so I don't, I want to take away any of the fear or anxieties of starting this. And just for anyone who wants to start, just start. Mm-hmm. Open up in the Bible, read a verse, one verse, and talk about it with your kids. Man, that's good. Like I love it. my mind's already racing to yeah. how I can be more intentional about that. Like that's something I want to, I yeah. want to put into practice. That's and that's, that's good. Well, and, and the thing, about, I love uh, saying that the Bible's not scary because, you know, I, I totally get what you're talking about. I, I grew up in a home where, like, I the Bible was scary. We had one, and it was like an old family Bible that was passed <laughs> down, but it was never right. opened. Never and I, go near it. No, it was. It was like, we have it in our home, so our home is blessed kind of thing. Mm, but it was yeah. never open, and, I, and my parents, I love them to death, but at the time, I think it was scary to them. And I think a lot yeah. of times, people listening to this, there might be some listening where you believe in the Lord, and maybe you've even accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but the Bible is scary to you. And you, deep in your heart, you know, you feel like you don't have what it takes to understand it, but that's just a lie from the enemy. And I love what mm-hmm. these people are saying. I mean, you know, listen to what Jennifer and Aaron are saying that you you don't have to be scared of the Bible. God made it for you to, to be closer to him, to know him, to learn about him and to pass it on to your kids if you have kids. Mm-hmm. And so I love that because I remember when I started as a, gosh, a 13-year-old who had just accepted Christ, you know, reading it, it's like once you do read it, and, and you guys are doing this for your kids and we're doing this for our kids as well, it, you want more, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's just you want more and more and more of it and you want to fill up your heart with it and your mind with it. And so I love that. And I feel like um, if there's anything they take from this this conversation, hopefully, you know, they'll start that tradition in their own home. I think it'd be awesome. Oh man, if that's, if that's one thing you take away from this and you start doing that in your home, right. it, that could change mm-hmm. the next generation. Right. Man, yep. that's, that's powerful. One, one kind of maybe final turn, because uh, we, could, we could talk all day. I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> I'm loving this. But want to honor your time and the time of those who are listening. But making the transition of how, how do we take our ministry as a marriage? And yes, if, if we have kids, obviously, the first and foremost, it's in the home. But for couples that feel like, I don't feel qualified, even the word ministry kind of freaks me out. Like, right. I, I'm not a pastor. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where to start, but I want to do something. And maybe they, you know, they they look at, um, you know, like what you, what you guys are doing and think, I, I could never do anything on that scale. And so, like, I don't even, 
I don't even know where to start or if I should start. But how would you challenge a couple that God has a, a calling for them? Because we believe every every married couple is a ministry duo, that God means yes. to send out into the world and to impact their community and their world in a very unique way in ways that they could never do apart from Christ and apart from each other. But where do you start for that couple that's never really thought of their marriage that way? And they they want to do something, but they don't know where to begin. How would you encourage a couple like that? We push this pretty hard in the book, Marriage After God. And we, we even say in there, like, we're doing what God has called us to do. And you don't need to look, don't, don't covet what we're doing. Right. Because we, we, you don't want to covet someone else's ministry. And often we look and say, I can't, you know, be a, a preacher. I can't be an evangelist. I can't, I can't do that thing over there that they're doing. And you know what? Maybe you can't. That's the whole point. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about how everyone has been given a gift. Mm-hmm. Everyone has been distributed uh, in the body. And there's a purpose for it. And the hand can't say to the eye, I don't need you. The head can't say to the foot, you're not necessary. That every part in the body is necessary. You listening, as a believer, you're, you are, you're necessary and vital for what God's doing in the world. Mm-hmm. And you can't be replaced. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't do what God's built you and created you and gifted you to do, there is, yes, God will use other people to do things for his kingdom, but they're going to be obedient for them. And we're all going to be accountable for ourselves, mm-hmm. not someone else. <laughs> and so I, this challenge is to recognize that your marriage is a ministry right now, whether you think it's so or not. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, is are you, are you being a good steward of that ministry? And the way we do, we, we tell people, we encourage people is like, what has God naturally gifted you in? What resources do you currently have? What location are you in that? Cause we're not where you guys are in Texas. Mm-hmm. You guys have a sphere of influence around you personally and on your, on your podcast and what, and where you're at and, and what you're doing that we don't have. And that's exactly the point that, that I'm not you and you're not me. Right. And it's a beautiful mosaic that God is putting together for his purpose, for his kingdom. So you look at what you have and you say, okay, Lord, what do you want done with this? Maybe it, like if you own a home, right? If you have a house, if you have an apartment, that's a place that could be a sanctuary of reconciliation. That could be a place that you can invite a neighbor in to have a meal mm-hmm. with you. Right. Do you. Are you a good singer? Do you, can you draw? Um, are you just good at talking? Do you love just spending time with people like extroverts? That's a gift. Mm-hmm. To go oh, yeah. and be like, I can sp- sit and talk with anyone. Like that's a, that gift. a gift. And we got to say, Lord, what? how do you want me to use this? And then in your marriage, you say, what do we have? And how can we use it for God? And it's all about his message. It's mm-hmm. the same yeah. thing. It doesn't have to be a podcast. It doesn't have to right. be a, a YouTube channel or a social media platform. To be honest, you have a neighbor. Like, mm-hmm. The Bible makes it so yeah. Can you cook pies? Simple. Can you, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what can you do that's, that's going to bring joy to you and bring joy to others? And I, yeah. the opportunities are endless when you, when you look at it that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes it not so complicated. I think we do try to complicate things sometimes, you know, where we're like, but it's got to be this, this grand thing. But really, it's just in the, you know, it's being faithful in the little things and the things that mm-hmm. seem maybe small to us, they can be a huge deal to your neighbor, you know, reaching out to your neighbor and saying, yeah. do you want to come over? You know, I will say this, I'll share this little little story. You know, we moved to Texas about a year ago from Georgia and Georgia, we love Georgia. We were there for about 10 years. So when we moved here, it was hard, you know, because we were leaving people who we, who'd really become like family to us, even though we weren't from that area. And um, I'm telling you, I always pray whenever we've moved, I'm always like, God, bring the right people in our lives for our children, but also for us. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I had no idea the amazing neighbors that we had when we when we chose where we were going to live. 
And the first, I guess the first week when I was, I had to come and move move us in while Dave stayed at home with our kids. And so I flew out here to like meet the moving truck and it happened to be, and you all, this is how crazy it is. Moving is so nuts that I forgot it was actually Mother's Day weekend. Oh man. <laughs> yes, I know because we were so busy. It was a crazy time. It was time. nuts. Crazy and so time. anyway, so I'm there and I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be here over Mother's Day completely away from my family. And I was like, oh no. Well, my neighbors thought, they thought ahead and our neighbors across the street brought me flowers. Another neighbor Aww. brought me cookies. Another neighbor brought me these amazing bunt cakes that I'd never had before. But like, it was just so sweet. And I, I told Dave, I'm like, they were so thoughtful. And they've still, over this mm-hmm. past year, they have been the best neighbors we've ever had. It's, yeah, they've and, been uh, And it's been, it's just been so nice. Like on holidays when we were like, we don't have any family here and we are still cultivating friendships, they would invite us over. And it's just been so, so nice. And it's, it's just reminded me exactly what you guys are talking about. You know, just being hospitable, just being a kind mm-hmm. friend to your neighbor. It's as simple as that. That is being a ministry. It is. And the, a quote you mm-hmm. had in the book that really deeply resonated with both of us is that it's not me and you against the world. It's me and you for the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think and so often awesome couples, quote. they take this, it's me and you against the world. And they and they try to mean it in this romantic way. Like we're going to take on the world. Like it's, But it's going into the world as if it's you two against everybody and you're going to win, they're mm-hmm. going to lose kind of thing. It's the wrong mentality. Right. When Christ calls us, to what you've said in the book. It's me and you for the world. He's brought us together for our good and for his glory and for the good of our community, Mm. for the good of our Mm. our state, our country, for the good of our neighborhood, for the good of the world. And if we'll see it that way and we'll look at every opportunity, every person we encounter as somebody that we can impact together for God's glory, then it adds this extra layer of purpose and significance to everything we do as a couple because it removes mm-hmm. this natural selfishness that all of us have yeah. and, it, and it, mm-hmm. it makes us look at the world as, as just this... Uh, like, what can we do to yeah, help? exactly. What I love that. Yeah, I love that too. And just to encourage those listening, I feel like it's such a fun process. It's such a fun experience to be able to go with your spouse and say, hey, what can we do today yes. to bless someone else? Yes. Hey, our neighbor's going through something. What what can we do? What do mm-hmm. we have to offer them? And that's a fun experience to be able to collaborate in that way and bring your talents and bring your resources and to bring everything that's in the two of your hearts together to bless the world in that way. I just think it's beautiful and it's fun. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's that. so good. Yes. Guys, man, I, I'm telling you, I want to just move to Bend, Oregon. Yes. I want to <laughs> I want to grow a beard like Aaron. I know he said it's wrong <laughs> to covet someone's ministry, but I have to confess I'm coveting someone's beard right now. And, and I, I need to learn how to, what oils I need or what, what's involved in, in having something like that. But no, you guys are the real deal. And I just, I want to, before we close, I want to give everybody around the circle real quick a chance to share like one little final nugget of, of marriage advice or encouragement. Uh, but while you're thinking about that, um, just want to tell listeners, if you're not connected to Aaron and Jennifer's ministry, you are missing out. These guys are the real deal. Um, th- their new book, Marriage After God, their podcast, Marriage After God, is is so full of practical wisdom to help you in every aspect of your marriage. And if you're interested in connecting with that, you can find their podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find their book at marriageaftergod.com. And soon, very soon, wherever books are sold. You can also connect with them at Unveiled Wife and at Husband Revolution. They've got many other great resources, prayer resources, um, really popular resources that have impacted thousands upon thousands mm-hmm. of folks. And uh, and truly, guys, we just appreciate you. Um, we appreciate your authenticity, your transparency, your genuine genuine concern and calling for helping helping couples grow closer to God and closer to each other. So... Mm-hmm. 
thank you for being on. So final, final thoughts. My love, we'll start with you. What are some final thoughts today? Oh gosh. I mean, there's so many good nuggets in this conversation, but I would just say, you know, thinking beyond the here and now problems of the day, like what we were talking about, the struggles that we're going through and realizing that God has 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 a greater calling for you and your spouse. Whoever is listening, you know, you might be going through a hard time right now, as as all of us will. Like we talked about, Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble, but he didn't just leave it there. He said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so mm-hmm. with Jesus, we can overcome any problem, any trial that we're going through. And if, if we keep our perspective on what God has called us to as a couple, as a ministry, then on those really hard days, it kind of helps you to, to lighten the load because you see that greater calling that he has on your life. And just like Jennifer was saying, it's ex- that's fun. That's exciting. That is fun. Because mm-hmm. you, you know, God has called you to bless other people in your life and you are a ministry, whether you realize it or not. So good. Mm. So um, something that I'd like to share is just that um, it's more of a challenge and that's just to consider today what you can do as a team with your spouse to bless someone else and to be that. those initiators of love so for God. Love the word initiate. Love it. Yeah. Yes. You, you don't wait, wait, do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say this, and we, we, we bring this up in the book and uh, it, and it's something that the Bible does a really good job of in the New Testament specifically of, of reminding believers that there's a day coming that our Lord's going to return. Mm-hmm. And it, and, the, and it says today is the day of salvation. There's all these urgencies in the, in the word of God of like, let us run the race. Let us pursue that which is good. And let us keep our eyes on things that are above. And let us, like all these things, because, man, Jesus is coming back and the days are growing short and we got a job to do. Yeah. And that job is, is so good and it's so blessed. And when we chase that, man, we just see what God's doing in and through us. And so I just wanna, I wanna just remind the believers listening of the urgency that Jesus yeah. is coming for us. And we have a job to do. Mm-hmm. I love Man, that. That is so good. So awesome. And mine would just simply be to keep putting these things into practice. You guys have heard mm-hmm. some great, great wisdom from, from Ashley, from Aaron, from Jennifer today to keep listening to, to their podcast, to this podcast, to keep trusting in God's word, to keep growing together. Mm-hmm. And we want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank, as always, uh, our producer, Brittany Wilcox, our audio engineer, technical wizard, Jordan Kennedy. I can't even <laughs> plug in a cell phone. So the fact that this is happening at all is clearly not not doing. It's so not it, us. It's a team effort and we appreciate these guys and we appreciate Aaron and Jennifer so much. Thank you again yes, you guys are for awesome. being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. It was so much fun. It was. It was just so much fun. We could do this all day. And so guys, for <laughs> list, you guys who are listening, stay tuned. We've got more fun stuff coming. Thank you for listening, for subscribing and uh, for leaving reviews, both on the Naked Marriage Podcast and on the Marriage After God Podcast. It helps others discover this free resource and it just helps uh, helps the message keep spreading. So thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. God bless. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. 
This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.